Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Brothers Fantasy Football Podcast, a podcast by two brothers from the same mother, giving you their fantasy takes, analysis, and insight. I am one of the hosts. My name is Derek. I'm here also with my older brother, Daryl. Daryl, my man, we have made it to week 15. It is playoff time in these fantasy football streets is what we live for. How you doing? I am good, good, sir. And yes, the playoffs. This is what it's all about. This is what we did all that prep work for, what we studied these trends for, and what we sweated over. So, you know, the sweat isn't over. But, you know, we we, we got the opening act out of the way. Now, uh, now here's the main attraction. Let's get after it. Absolutely, absolutely. And if you happen to be on a buy this week, you're still paying attention to the action because obviously you're paying attention to any injuries that might occur or, of course, any late season arrivals that may make an appearance. So also, if you aren't in the playoffs, still pay attention. It's football here. And like like those other teams, there's things going on. So with that being said, we're going to do today's show. Uh, first, we'll look at previews. We'll get into a little recap of I can do that and look at three other opportunities for some players. And of course, a little DBB. We'll give our pick for the Thursday game. And we might dabble and look at the other spreads since we missed you guys earlier this week. But let's get into those previews. First game we'll look at being played on Saturday. We got those Miami Dolphins traveling to Buffalo. Miami comes in this game at eight and five, Buffalo at 10 and three. Buffalo's a seven and a half point favorite, according to our betting sheet. Over under is a measly little 42. Daryl, talk to me about the Miami Dolphins. Well, Dolphins, man, coming in here off of two West Coast losses in a row, about to play their third um, road game in a row. That offense has not looked too good these last um, these last couple games. Well, r- relatively speaking, you know, for for them, you know, they start off the season hot, explosives, fireworks, bombs going off, like all that, and all that has been a little a little dialed back as of late. And now they're about to step into um, step into kind of a a buzzsaw against the Bills defense, which is coming on lately now that they're starting to get a little healthier. So I am I'm a little concerned about all phases of of the Miami offensive attack from well from a real football and from a fantasy uh foot football perspective. Um you know we'll we'll start at the head of the snake thinking about Tua or the head of the dolphin. I I should have I should have shopped that before uh before we started just going off the cuff here. But yeah, sure um, looking at Tua, <laughs> yeah. Um, next time, man, this, this is a live and learn, live and learn. Um, I am not excited to play Tua at all here. If I, to the point where like, if I had streaming options, I would I would want to look towards moving, moving towards them because it's starting to kind of, you know, if, if we're looking at the last couple of weeks, it's starting to seem like the blueprint is out there on how to handle this offense. 
um, with, with what we saw in San Francisco and then the Chargers do to them. And the thing that's particularly concerning is that the Chargers doing what they did. The Chargers aren't some kind of elite defense. You know, they were thought to be one coming into the year, but yep. through through just getting their asses whooped and through um and and through injuries, you know, they were down Joey Bosa. They were pretty much playing backups all throughout their um their secondary. And they were still able to handle up on the Dolphins. That's just that, that's just concerning. Now they're coming into a game against a division foe in what could end up being a bad weather game. You know, that's that's what it's kind of sort of looking like right now. Just be to just, you know, be sure to follow up on on the weather as game time approaches. But, you know, I'm not excited. I'm I'm not excited about playing Tua. I would want to stream away from Tua. I would I would maybe consider playing like a Mike White instead of Tua. Um I maybe coin flip with him and Jared Goff. Jared Goff's gonna have his own bad matchup going against the Jets mm-hmm. himself, which which we'll talk about. But you know, is Jalen Waddle right since he hurt his leg? Tyreek had the ankle injury. The offense hasn't looked great the last couple of games. I just I would want to move off of Tua. I'm not I'm not excited to play him. Um as for now, speaking of Waddle and Tyreek, under no circumstance would I sit Tyreek if he's active. You 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 just you just play him because I mean how we, we saw what he could do last week. He made he made his numbers more or less on two plays last week, and that's that's really all it takes for for that man. So you're not you're not sitting him. I'm I'm not considering at all sitting him. Jalen Waddle, I'm a little iffier on because he hasn't been right since um since that injury he picked up. I believe that happened in the San Francisco game. He hasn't been right. The numbers haven't been there. And Buffalo's defense is legit. I'm a little I'm a little iffy on him. I got him in kind of like, you know, went as to where he had been solidly in the wide receiver two range for me for most of the year. I'll look at him as a wide receiver three flex option this week. You know, he's, he's been demoted a bit. And um, so as not to ramble too much more on Miami, I'll just touch on the backfield. I didn't see today's practice report um, to see if Mostert, um, not Mostert, to see if Jeff Wilson was in practice. Did, did you happen to see if Jeff Wilson practiced today? I hadn't looked, but I'll take a look while you talk. Okay. Well, so, you know, Jeff Wilson left their their game against the Chargers with a hip injury. You know, he, he went out and was not able to return. So, you know, again, Buffalo's not a great matchup for, for, for running backs either. But, um, you know, if if it's shaping up to be a situation where Jeff Wilson is out, you just have to assume that Mostert's share of the work will be going up. So I'd be I'd be okay with playing him, especially, you know, as a low end RB two type type of thing, you know, just as a pure volume play. You know, that that running back room has not been the most productive over the last couple of weeks. Um but they've been unproductive and splitting the the workload um you know kind of 60 40 50 50 type thing. If Wilson is out you're, you know, you're guessing here, but if Mostert 
gets pushed to like a 70%, you know, 30% to Salvin Ahmed. And I can't remember who goes beneath them, like Miles Gaskin maybe or something like that. Um, basically, all that to say, if Jeff Wilson is out, I am I am fine with, with going with Mostert. If Jeff Wilson is in, I'm not excited about either one of those guys. They both become flex plays to me. Yeah, to go in on Jeff Wilson, he w- he was a DMP today. They did a walkthrough. Um, on the other end, Tyreek Hill was a full walkthrough participant. And speaking of Tyreek Hill, let's wax poetic. Wax on. To it. Tyreek Hill, first in receptions, second in yards at 1,406 yards, fifth in yak. He's tied for third and catches over 25 yards with his fellow teammate Jalen Waddle. Just pretty impressive for Waddle on that, too. And he's also first in receiving first downs. Looking at Tyreek Hill, 400 snaps are greater. I use that number because DeAndre Hopkins is about at 406, and he's played a little more than half the season. So why not look there? Tyreek Hill, 32% target share, 34% targets per route run, a 3.59 yards per route run, 12.5 ADOT, and the leader in air yards. I'm better than you. My shape up better, my car faster, my drips better, my clothes better, my holes better. My tattoo's better. I'm stronger than you. Tyreek Hill, amazing football player. As Daryl mentioned, he's in your lineup. (laughs) As Daryl mentioned, he's in your lineup. Um, Other than that, my sentiments and thoughts are exactly the same for everyone else that you said. Um, Just look at the practice report for Thursday to see if Jeff Wilson, well, Thursday and Friday to see if Jeff Wilson will actually play or not. Yeah. Give me... Give me info oh. on those Buffalo Bills, but I think you have something first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so you you just gave us the update on the practice situation for Tyreek and Jeff Wilson. Did you see anything there for Jalen Waddle? Ooh, good question. Great podcast. I, I just asked because, well, yeah, yeah. We'll play the Jeopardy music right now, but um, you know he 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 played the whole game, but but still, you know, some something's been off with him since he got that injury um, a couple of weeks back. You're muted. I don't see anything on him, so I think it's just business as usual. Okay, all right. Well, yeah, go ahead and fire him up. Wide receiver, low end wide receiver two, wide receiver three, flex type situation. All right, so moving on to Buffalo. Start at the head with them. Josh Allen, you're playing him. He's Josh Allen. He he more or less probably got you here. You're playing him. You're not getting you're not getting too fancy with that. Not to mention the fact that, you know, Justin Herbert just balled out against Miami and the week before Jimmy G looked pretty damn good against them as well. Um, but before he got injured and Brock Purdy was okay when he came in. Now, as for the Buffalo passing options. Oh boy. So Stefan Diggs, <laughs> Stefan Diggs, he's another, you know, you don't question. He got you here. Dance with the man. Gabe Davis. 
Gabe Davis, just like kind of as a retrospective on his season, I think it's fair to say this has been disappointing um, considering where you had to draft him, considering where the hype was for him um, coming coming into the season. And I think sort of, you know, well-deserved hype. I mean, the last time you saw that man play, he was scoring four touchdowns. Uh, the last time you saw him play last season, he was scoring four touchdowns against the Chiefs in the playoffs. You know, I, I know you didn't come into the season expecting four touchdowns a game, but but still, you know, this was supposed to be the year where he took off. You know, he was he was the certified number two wide receiver. You know, once the once the off season went through, you saw there weren't um, there weren't any competitive additions to the roster. You know, they didn't go out and sign anybody. Um, no, nothing like that. You know he was locked and loaded as the number two option of what was meant to be an explosive passing attack. And while that passing attack has been good and explosive, he's, his performance has been extremely sometiming. Anyway, how does that affect your decision to start him this week? I don't feel great about it. I, I, I don't feel great about it. I don't feel confident. I don't feel confident in him. Um, He's a flex. He's a flex option at best to me. You know, that's that, that that's where I look at him. And, you know, I, I think he's he's a he's a very, very decent flex option. But, you know, I wouldn't if I had to slot him in as my wide receiver, too, I just do it. And, you know, you, you do that thing when you watch scary movies where you're like, you know, you put your hands over your eyes, but you just kind of put, you know, make a make a little room between your two fingers as if that's going to keep the monsters away or whatever. But, um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of the attitude I would have towards, towards starting him. He's, he's a wide receiver three flex play for me this week. Um, Dawson Knox, that man really came out and gave some fantasy teams a push, you know, uh, last week with his, um, with his rough and tumble, Acrobatic <laughs> gymnastics, uh, <laughs> that, that, that little touchdown he scored. I, you know, as we've been saying all year, tight end is is as tough a position to staff on fantasy rosters as as you see in the league this year. You know, he's. Uh, I think he's a low end tight end one type of play this week. I don't, you know, hits. His performance has been I can't you can't even really call his performance sometime. He like he had more or less disappeared for a long bit of the season and really just kind of picked it up um lately in that last game. I would hope to have an I I would hope to have another option just because, you know, he has not been consistent this year. So it's really hard. It's really hard to say it's gonna be him and not Gabe Davis or him and not Isaiah McKenzie. You know, basically anybody who's not Steph Diggs, Stephon Diggs, in the pass catching core, I don't feel that excited about. Gabe Davis, wide receiver three, flex. Isaiah McKenzie, flex option. Dawson Knox, play him if I have to, but I would I've, I'd rather look somewhere else – but at this point, you probably don't have too many other options. Um, and now to move along to their running back room, 
that's just as up in the air as, you know, the receivers who aren't Steph Diggs. Um, we, we thought maybe after after the game before last that they played, we uh, you know, their game in Detroit, or their game against Detroit, um, we thought that maybe James Cook was making an ascension. You know, we, we, we thought that, you know, his, his usage saw a spike. We thought, hey, maybe this is moving more from, you know, Devin Singletary in a 60-40 type of thing to a true 50-50. And that wasn't the case. They they Baltimore us and uh and <laughs> and James Cook's usage, you know, it it slipped back down. Um but that's not to say that Singletary did much of anything either, you know. That basically that is that is a that that backfield is a really kind of ugly committee that is hard to get a bead on. I'm not I'm not sure about any any one of those guys. You know, Singletary, I think go ahead and, you know, RB2 him if you don't have any better if you don't have any better options, but I'm none too excited to play him. I would not play James Cook. I would not play Naeem Hines either, but Singletary is about the only option that I would I would feel even remotely um, comfortable with like being in my lineup and that comfort would indeed be very, very remote. Understood. Understood regarding uh, that running back room. I'm not going to speak anything else on that. Uh, the only thing I wanted to point out was regarding Gabe Davis. So he's currently sitting at wide receiver 30 on the season and he's had four top 24 performances. Last year, Emmanuel Sanders, who was out here pretty much for most of the year with Buffalo, he had three of those for the whole season. So, I mean, his season is pretty much shaping up similarly, similarly, <laughs> wow, struggle with that, to uh, to what Emmanuel Sanders did the previous year. And, I mean, that was a guy that Emmanuel Sanders, you probably rostered him for maybe a little more than half of the season before you ended up deciding to cut bait and or yeah. fully benching him so it look i mean it's it's a two-year sample size we have with this but you know that wide receiver two spot in buffalo may end up just being like you know a lower tier flex play for you and extreme upside in the case of gabe davis rather than this solid wide receiver wide receiver two spot that we were looking at coming in and yeah. that's pretty much it i got on that I'll be interested to see what they do with their wide receiver room next year. I'm not I'm not 100% sure of Gabe Davis's um contract status, but as, assuming he's uh, assuming he's on the hook for at least another year there, I'd be interested to see what kind of moves they make in the in the offseason, um, you know, as far as going to get somebody, as far as you know, targeting some other wide receiver to to pair up with um to pair up with uh with, with Steph. But, you know, yeah, those are those are concerns for another day. But yeah, yep, yep. And then to even make that a little murkier, Buffalo did sign Cole Beasley. Um, I don't know how that's going to play into this week, but it could be something that plays a role in the next couple weeks, and we'll dive into it once it does happen. Oh yeah, that's right. I had forgot about that. Uh-oh. And so yeah, with that bit of information, if they end up making him active this week, that's enough for me to sit Isaiah McKenzie. Um, if, if if Colby ends up being active because he knows their system, he 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 was there just last year, so um, 
you know, I don't I don't think Cole Beasley would come in and do much um, for from a fantasy perspective. I'm just saying, if he's active, he could very well be getting in the game, and that that gives me enough jitters not to want to even touch Isaiah McKenzie. Got you. Yeah. So we yeah so we'll close the book on Miami Buffalo. And we'll turn our attention to the Detroit Lions traveling to New Jersey to play the New York Jets. Detroit is sitting at six and seven. The Jets are sitting at seven and six. Both of these teams are trying to scratch and claw their way into the playoffs. And there is a path for both of them. This should be a very, very good game. Um, The Jets are currently favored by one with an over under a 44 and a half. What do you got for me um, about the Detroit side of things, Derek? Let's get into those lines, my man. We'll first start with Jared Goff. Currently the quarterback, 12 on the year, 22 touchdowns, seven picks. Look, if you told me coming in a week 13, or I'm sorry, 13 games into Detroit season, they're sitting at this record and Jared Goff is playing this way from a fantasy perspective, And hell, even in a real perspective, I would be completely shocked. But here we are. He's also eighth overall in passing yards. Back-to-back weeks, QB4. Played those Jacksonville Jaguars and Minnesota Vikings. So taking advantage of good matchups for him. But in this matchup, I do not like it at all. The Jets come in here with the eighth least points given up to the quarterback position and their top 10 in pressure rate. Uh, Last four games, the fourth least amount of points given up to the quarterback position. That includes them playing the the Pats, eh, the Bears, okay, Justin Fields, the Vikes, Kirk Cousins, Justin Jefferson, and then those Bills last week. So some decent competition in there for sure. Um, Looking at the quarterback position, 416 snaps at the minimum. This is the Baker Mayfield threshold we looked at this week. He's 29th, 29th in completion percentage against pressure, 27th in QB rating under pressure, 19th best EPA per pass, even though the, the Lions have given up 19, only 19 sacks this year. So the line's been pretty good, but golf has not been good in pressure. So all that to say, I'm not high on him this week. I mean, last week he was last couple weeks. He's been a perfect streamer this week to me, middle of the row QB two. Um, I would actually look at the other quarterback in this matchup to start above Jared Goff. Going to the running backs, looking at DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams. The first note I made when coming up with my evaluation of this was sigh. Huh. <laughs> both <laughs> like last week both of these guys you know split up a lot of the work um and they also getting justin jackson involved and of course he ended up with a touchdown um i'm i'm not too happy about this matchup either the jets are top 12 in regards to um position or top 12 and least amount of points given up to the position but I think there could be an opportunity potentially for DeAndre Swift here um, as the Jets are top 12 in receiving yards given up to the position. 
Maybe that could be due to the pressure rate that they get and the quarterback dumps it off a lot. So overall, just looking at these two, to me, they're both running back twos. If you probably went to Fantasy Pros, PFF, any kind of site that does ratings, these two are probably rated right next to each other in that RB2, um, lower tier RB2 or RB3 range. Um, I would be a little bit, little bit higher on Swift this week. Finally, to the pass catchers, is St. Brown and down all the time. If St. Brown <laughs> is playing, down, put him in. 50 targets the last five games. I believe that is second, probably behind uh, Devontae Adams. DJ Chark, hey, um, last four weeks, you know, he's been a wide receiver 28 overall, even though that first game back, he only had one target and no receptions. Um, only sees an 18% target per route run, but he's getting 33% of the air yards during that time. Look, there are worse flex plays out there. I'm fine with him as a lower tier flex play. Um, Josh Reynolds, 78 and 68% of the routes ran the past two weeks. Not interested in playing him though. Um, and then other than that, Jamison Williams, Good to see a little bit more on the um, routes run, if you will, but still not playable in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You pretty much nailed that, put all of that. Um, golf is a fade for me um, between DeAndre and Jamal Williams. I would hope to have other options at best, you know, just have either one of them in your RB2 spot just to kind of uh, just to kind of fill out your roster. Hopefully your RB1 is is one of the studs, is, is like a is a McCaffrey or a Josh Jacobs type or, or, or something like that. Uh, but yeah, I it really it's it, it's like you said, with you know if you're gonna play DeAndre, you're just hoping for a few receptions to to kind of be sprinkled his way. If you're having to start Jamal Williams, you're hoping for some, you know, goal line carries uh, to, to to kind of spring his way because it's going to be it's going to be tough sledding uh, from from an efficiency standpoint for for the two of them, and especially when you add to it that you know Justin Jackson is getting a good like twenty five you know a quarter to a third of of the work now so. You know, this is a this is a three way a three way committee that's hasn't really settled. So yeah, I'm 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 right there with you on um, having having um, trepidation in choosing to start those guys. And yeah, to to the receivers, you know, Amon Ra, you and you got to say it. The man goes in, put him in your lineup. DJ Chark, yeah, he's a he's kind of a a play and pray. A play and pray flex, you know, that um, that Jets secondary is they are the business, man. They're 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 really good. So you're going to have to probably hope um, he makes his numbers probably like on a long touchdown or something like that. You know, I don't imagine that Chark is going to make his living out there, you know, from a volume perspective. You're going to be very big play dependent and he very well could. I mean, everybody. Everybody gets burned from uh, from from time to time, but 
it's uh I wouldn't be if you know if you play him I wouldn't I wouldn't be shocked if you only come away with like five six points kind of kind kind of thing um and oh we didn't touch on TJ Hawkinson he's he's you know tight end he's in the class of auto start pretty Whoa. much just Mm-mm. nope 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 no, no Why not TJ Hawkinson he's not on Detroit no more bro what am I thinking about Wow. I have no idea. <laughs> what am I even thinking about? I have, I don't even. You know, it's because they played Minnesota last week, and those those synapses <laughs> are are still like all oh, tangled, man. mush and tangled in my, in my brain. Yeah, that's enough to get people to turn this this pod off. Um, well, yeah, yeah, you definitely won't be starting T.J. Hawkinson in this game because he won't be playing in this game. <laughs> uh, <laughs> And that's all uh, that, that that's all I have in Detroit. Man, I just had a senior moment there. All right, so um, turning our focus towards the Jets side of things, uh, why don't you kick us off there? For sure, I'll start with Mike White. Uh, the Jets are expecting him to play against the Lions, so we're gonna act as though he's gonna be playing. And we'll look at Mike White here. Since being the starter, he's been QB6, QB8, QB22. Not bad, not shabby at all there. As we know with the Detroit Lions, they've been food for quarterbacks. Um, Most recently, of course, Kirk Cousins threw for a 400-piece. Been plenty of successful games for quarterbacks going against the Lions. So I would definitely be starting Mike White over uh jared goff like i mentioned earlier i like him as a streaming option so if you're here in the streaming waters hey mike white i am fine with it and i'm assuming and operating again that he is able to play the rib issue is not going to hold him back to the running back room um didn't get any ty johnson last week so hey i think we are safely or we're safe to talk about zonovan knight and uh Michael Carter here, pretty much with these two, uh, Zonovan has taken over the rushing. He's had 65 and 74% of the rushing attempts the past two weeks. Hasn't seen a lot of the passing work, if you will, but he's playing around 50% of the snaps overall. Michael Carter's at about 51% of the snaps in the previous week. So when you're looking at these two and the matchup, The Lions are middle of the road in regards to fantasy points given up to running backs and minimal receiving yards from a position given up, but they have given up a ton of rushing touchdowns. So for me, Zonovan Knight, he should be in there. I think he's a decent RB2 play. Michael Carter, more so RB3. I'm not looking to start him unless I'm just down in the dumps, but hopefully you're not with you being in the playoffs. To the pass catchers, wide receivers, and tight ends, my note here is that they hoop against this defense. Garrett Wilson is in, wide receiver four, wide receiver nine, wide receiver 26. Since Mike White has come in here, he's seeing a good a good amount of the targets. Put this man in your lineup. Next note I made, is it Elijah Moore season? Hey, this man led the team in a – target percentage last week i think a lot of that had to do with Corey davis going down with a head injury or a concussion i've seen both but something related with the head but 
he's hopeful to play. So uh, if he ends up playing, the Elijah Moore play kind of takes a tick down for me. If Corey Davis ends up sitting out this game, hey, I'm I'm okay looking at him as a lower tier flex play, maybe a wide receiver, uh, a higher wide receiver four, if you will. And then finally, with Tyler Conklin, hey, it's a man that's out here getting about <laughs> 61 to 71% of the uh, of the routes running out there and seeing about a 14 to 19% target per route run. So if you happen to be streaming tight end, um, he's in those kind of in that kind of realm of one of those guys that's out there. Um, maybe probably on a tight end 13 to 17 range. So that's where I would look probably for Tyler Conklin. Yeah. Yeah. That, that feels comfortable to me with Tyler Conklin. I was laughing when you said, you know, he's a guy that's out there. And I thought my, I, I thought to myself like, man, you could almost stop the analysis right there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, it's, it, it's, it's like you said, I think he's a, he's a upper tier tight end to lower tier tight end one um, this, this week. And, you know, basically, you know, what, what you said about the, the jets, um, their passing, their passing options, you know, they're coming up against, against some food and in the Lions. So yeah, I'm, I'm expecting big things from Garrett Wilson this week, Elijah Moore. If Corey Davis ends up not being able to play to me, Elijah Moore is firm, firm, firm in the flex uh, range for me slash wide receiver three range for, for, for me, you know, he, um, he, he really has a good, a good chance to pop off if, Corey Davis is not there. If Corey Davis is there, I like Corey Davis as a flex option this week. Um, his when you know these last few games when when he's played when he wasn't injured, his snap share, route share, target share have all been have all been respectable. I would I would I would feel comfortable with him in my lineup against Detroit. Um, yeah, we, we've, we both hit on Mike White at different times already and talking about this. Yeah, he's, he is probably the premier, um, the premier streaming option this week, I, I would say. Yeah, you know, yeah, the only other guy I could think of is, is, is Matt Ryan and, you know, Definitely want, <laughs> definitely want Mike White over Matt Ryan. Mike White Absolutely. has just shown, yeah. Mike White is a whole lot like like Jared Goff at this point in the fantasy season. Like they've both shown that against weak pasties, they can get the job done, and their team is willing to the their team is willing to to let them rip. You know when when Zach Wilson was the quarterback. Those dudes were only passing in they were only passing just as much as they had to to get by. <laughs> you know, just like not not a penny more, not a penny less. They were they they got away with passing the ball just as much as they needed to. But since Mike White has been in there, and hell, this was even the case when Joe Flacco started off the season. The Jets were throwing that thing around. They they so you know, yeah, I I feel very good 
about um, about going with with Mike White, especially if you're one of the people who you know who are going to have to deal with trying to replace uh, Kyler Murray this week. Um, did anybody else get hurt? It feels like, yeah. Or if you're still dealing with Lamar going down, if guy, if you had Kenny Pickett, um, <laughs> so so yeah. To me, my, Mike White is the premier streaming option this week. And as for the backfield, you know, this these last few weeks, Detroit has been they've been pretty stiff against running games, man. Like they've they they've been really damn good against uh, uh against running backs from a will a real football perspective. But like you like you mentioned, they've given up they've also given up a ton a touchdown. So like your running backs your running backs don't get their numbers against Detroit, like between the twenties, your running backs get their numbers against them. Um, when, when it comes down to touchdown time and that's, you know, when it comes to red zone goal line type type stuff. And that is where, that is where Zonovan eats. So yeah, I, I feel good about Zonovan in like a, um, in like a RB two situation this week. And he has, he has some real blow up potential, you know, if the passing game can set him up, to get those valuable inside the 20 touches. Yeah. I, I, I feel really good about him. Not so great about Michael Carter. Um, I would prefer not to have to play him this week. That's, that, that's really where I stand on him. Fair enough. Let's move on. Last matchup. We'll look at the Cincinnati Bengals sitting at nine and four going into Tampa Bay playing those Bucks, who are at six and seven. Cincinnati is a three and a half point favorite. The over-under sits at 44 and a half. Talk to me about those fighting Joe Burrows. All right. So I want to lead this off by saying I wasn't affected personally by this because in, in the leagues where I had T Higgins, my teams were already, you know, they were already in the playoffs, um, and several of them have had buys already clinched. So it wasn't a big deal to me personally, but I could just imagine the hate and the furor that people have towards um, it's, it's Zach Taylor, right? Why was I about to call that man Zach Wilson towards uh, towards Zach, Zach Wilson for <laughs> for for those utter shenanigans that they pulled with T Higgins last week. So got that out the way. And just to kind of keep going down that path, how does that spill over into this week? Well, it makes, it makes it hard to trust what's going to happen with T this week. Like I'm in a position where, you know, unless, unless that man gets in, you know, a full practice by week's end, I I think you just kind of have to err on the side of not playing him. If he, you know, if he goes um if he goes all limited practices this week, I think I have to err on the side of not playing him. If they then say that he, you know, he goes limited, 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 then they put him down as active. I err on the side of not playing him because you know, this is kind of a fool me once, or in this case, a fool me twice 
type of type of situation, you know. And I know I know T Higgins on the on those of us that have playoff teams with um with with T Higgins on them, you know, he was very instrumental in getting you there. You know, he was he was a guy you were able to draft as your wide receiver two, wide receiver three, who gave you who gave you more than you expected, more than you bargained for throughout this year. So he I know he feels like a linchpin to your fantasy teams, but given yeah, j- just given the shenanigans that they pull, I wouldn't risk another zero with them. Like they've they've made it uh they've made it a situation where you need to show me that this guy is gonna be out there. And unless some news um comes down that the league has set the Bengals straight on how they have to approach this stuff going forward. And I haven't seen such news. So yeah, those are just my thoughts on T Higgins, Jamar chase. You're, you're just playing him. That's, that's it. Bing, bang, boom. He's in set it, forget it. Don't even, uh, don't, don't even think about it anymore. And, you know, Tampa is not, Tampa's not like a, a super dope, great matchup, but they're not terrible either so you know i would i would expect i'd expect more than decent things from jamar chase this week joe burrow he's gotten to a point where you know you're just playing him you're you're you're, you're just playing he he's in a he he's an untouchable or you know an unsuitable if you will and i guess if anything can give you any more solace about about him we just saw what brock purdy did to tampa bay this this past week, Joe Burrow's got <laughs> Joe Burrow should have something in the can for for the for the Bucks this week as well. Running back room, oh boy! So Joe Mixon just came back uh, this past week, saw his saw his usage take a hit from what we were used to with him. You know, he split time a little heavier. With um, with Samaje P. Ryan, I'm speculating here, but probably because Samaje showed so well, and um, when when he had to fill in for Joe Mixon for those one and a half to two games that he had to do that, this is just me speculating again. Like, I think that's kind of here to stay because Samaje showed that Samaje showed that he can ball. You know, Samaje is good, and I think, you know, this this is a conversation for another day, probably. But I think in some ways he's better than Joe Mixon. You know, I I, I think he's he's more of a rugged runner. Like he gets through contact a little better than than, than Joe Mixon does. But that's not that that's neither here nor there. I just think Joe Mixon is not going to go back to the usage that he had pre-injury. So you got to you just got to temper your expectations. For what uh, for what's going to happen with him? All that said, though, you're still playing him. You're you you're still playing him. He's likely your RB one or your R, your RB one B on your team anyway. So like you're still you're still going to play him. But I think what we saw last week is the way things are going to go from a time split um, thing with them. And uh, well, since I talked about P Ryan as well, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be playing him. I wouldn't flex him or, or anything like that. Um, just, well, 
because yeah, I guess maybe I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth here. I think he'll be getting a similar workshop workload to what he showed last week. But since he is kind of the little brother in the in the in the um in the workload split. Well, not the little brother. I'm damn. That feels like I'm dissing you. But uh, since since he's the low man on the um, since he's the low man in the running back split, and his role has maybe kind of increased, and I think I think it has. It's not so big that he's you know that you have to play him. So I would I would be looking to sit Samaje this week. And those are my thoughts on the Bengals. What you got for him? No offense taken here at all. Yeah, my main thing was I'm going to be having my eye on that running back room. Um, looking at how it was last week, Joe Mixon played 58% of the snaps, P. Ryan 43% of them. Mixon saw 61% of the rushing attempts and ran 43% of the routes. Um, on the other side, Samaje ran 50% of the routes. So, at least in that game, Piran saw more of the, the passing work or more of the passing downs, if you will, are going out for routes. Um, but, yeah, I, I absolutely agree with you that I think it's probably going to be closer to this rather than what it was beforehand uh, with Mixon. And for those people that are that drafted Mixon as that RB1 on their team, which is probably pretty much everyone that has Joe Mixon on their team, you just have to be aware that the expectations may be tempered here a little bit. And typically Tampa Bay has been pretty stingy against running backs, though a little bit easier this year, as we saw McCaffrey just carve them up. And with that said, let's look at those fighting Brady's need a win right. here. What you got for me on that? Um, Yeah. Oh man. I didn't mention this. Um, do you have any thoughts on so if uh, so we know Tyler Boyd is going to be out? Are you looking to play any of like the you know the, I think it's Trent Irwin and if Hayden Hurst can't go that that backup tight end? Are you, I, I I'm I'm not, but I I just wanted to see if you had any anything on those guys. No, I'm, I'm not looking at any of those guys. Um, it's it's kind of unfortunate that Hayden Hurst is looking to be doubtful this week because going up against the Bucks is a is a solid matchup per the fantasy points given up by the Bucks for to that position. But yeah, I'm I'm not looking at these guys. Um I would be looking at other options. All right. All right, cool. All right. So yeah, towards Tampa Bay. Oh man, this offense is in the dumps. Like just, <laughs> just yuck all around. Like, I don't want to play Brady. I, yeah, that that's just it. I I I don't I don't want to play play Brady here. And since Cincinnati has a good defense, and Tom Brady has not been he's not been doing it in in fantasy. Um, the, the these last these last few weeks, hell, this whole year really, you know, he was you know just tracing his results back to his ADP this year. Like he's been a disappointment this year, and we're I think we're past the point of giving them the benefit of the doubt to like you know he and Mike Evans just aren't on the same page. And yeah, man, you could you could tell that story to somebody else. I'm just not gonna tell that story <laughs> in, my, in my lineup. Um, this week, I'm not too excited to play Mike Evans. You know, I'm I'm really not excited mm. to play Mike Evans. He's one of those guys where 
you know, I could see where a decent number of people feel they have no choice but to play him, you know, it being this late in the year, waiver wires being uh, being picked clean and all that stuff. I'm just saying I don't expect a whole lot out of him because that, that, that production just hasn't been there and him and Brady haven't been on the same page um, this year. The only the only um the only weapon of theirs that, you know, in the passing game that I'm really liking is Chris Godwin. And that's that's more of a volume play type type of thing. Um, you know, he's been having trouble finding the end zone lately, I wanna say. So and he's he's really about the only passing game um option that I that I feel comfortable playing. I would feel good about Cade Otten if he weren't in such a time split with with Cameron Brait, but that's just that's just wish casting. You know, it is what it is. So like I would I wouldn't want to play either he or I wouldn't I wouldn't want to play either Otten or Brait this week. I'd go looking for um for some tight end production elsewhere. And as for Rashad White and Leonard Fournette. That that committee seems it's just so fifty fifty. It's I I can't I can't find like a rhyme or reason to you know which guy is going to be in for which situation, you know like even um you know even if you were to arm me with the knowledge you know the game script is going to be Tampa runs out to a big lead or the game script is going to be where Tampa's going to be behind and they have to pass a lot. I'm not sure which which way to lean with either of those guys in that in that um you know as far as who would who would eat under what circumstances all I can say is I would I would feel okay with I feel like mildly okay with either one of them as my R, RB2 I'd hope I wouldn't be in a posi- I'd hope that you know if I had to play them I I would let me rephrase it if I had to play one of one of the two of them, I would hope I could get away with doing it as a flex, and I had two better options at running back than those two when I was a little thinner at flex. And it's it's just because one that running offense, you know, they they just haven't been good this year. They both tend to get in on passing downs. I, I think Lenny has the slight edge there, but um, but Rashad does his his fair share of work in the passing game as well. There's just not a lot separating them to me. So, you know, I'd be, I'd be okay with, with either one of them, you know, preferably as a flex. How about you? Yeah. Regarding those two, that's exactly where I'm at. Like I'm okay with them as flex plays. Real quick question to you, um, Rashad White or DeAndre Swift? Ay, 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 hachi, machi. Um, I would say I would say DeAndre Swift. Okay. Um, more, and that's more so just because I'll be quick. More so just because we've we've seen DeAndre, you know, house like a like a screen pass or something like that that he had no business taking to the house. I think like. I'm not saying that Rashad White doesn't have that in his back. We just haven't really seen that from him. Like DeAndre, there's there's evidence to that point. So I would I would go with him. Plus, you know, he's playing in a better offense. So um so yeah, I would I would lean I would lean DeAndre. 
What about you? Yeah, it, w- it would be DeAndre for me. I just wanted to throw that out there since we had talked about DeAndre a little while ago and just test your brain with it, see where you were at. Sure. Uh, yeah, the only other note to the pass catching room for me, yeah, Godwin's in. Evans, despite <laughs> how it's been recently, I think you still have to to put him in. Um, Julio Jones, man, like the man has been seeing like five to six targets a game each of like these past three games, but it just hasn't been much production of anything. Um, I mean, I, I just have my side eye on him, but I'm definitely not putting him in my lineup, but I just have a side eye at him for these next couple games because Tampa may very well be in some must win games. They might be in some passing scripts and look, they threw 55 passes last week. And a lot of that had to do with them being down. So, you know, Brady's going to have to do that kind of value or those kind of numbers at times. I just got an eye on Julio and that's all. Okay. Yeah, I could. I, I, you know, Julio's firmly at my back, man. Like I, I got to <laughs> <laughs> I get it. But, I get it. But yeah, I've, I, I feel, you know, sometimes, man, sometimes in these leagues, you know, you end up having a scratch and claw and just like looking for anything. So yeah, that's, it's good, it's good to have mentioned that at the very least so that, you know, people are at least armed with, with, with that knowledge and, you know, Maybe they'll put eyeballs on. Hey, you—you you never know. The the boy might find the old form here during <laughs> during the stretch. It doesn't really help that Russell Gage got got back out there um, recently and caught a real bogus touchdown. But uh, <laughs> yeah, bogus as ever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, before we get out the matchups, let's go ahead and put a little lipstick on the pig. Got a uh, minute on the clock. I'm going to need you to sell me on either a fan, well, fantasy perspective or real football perspective. The Pittsburgh Steelers going to the Carolina Panthers. Minute starts now. Oh, man. So, yeah, here we go. The Panthers, their running game has been kind of kind of lights out these past few weeks. You know, they got kind of a thunder and lightning thing working with uh, Dante Foreman and Chuba Hubbard. And Chuba Hubbard has low-key been getting some opportunities man you know 13 rushes last week 14 targets the week before that 17 or, or the game before that um he had another 17 carries he's he's kind of sneaky so like i'd want to put eyeballs on on him for sure um who's the other team there <laughs> the steelers <laughs> the, the steelers oh goodness i've i really got nothing for them but you know if whether whether it's uh, Pickett or Trubisky, definitely not watching for for the running back play. If anything, I want to see if they can figure out the puzzle that is the Panthers defense because that Panthers D has been and come time's together. up, time's up. That's it. No more. Okay, that that might have been forty five yeah. seconds too long. If we're being honest, did I do a good? <laughs> did I do a good job, Coach? You you did you did well enough. Um, you at least sold us on the Panthers and then their new look since Darnold has been in of just running and running and running and running and running and running and running. <laughs> but let's let's move forward, go to the next segment. Got a little I can do that. 
This is a segment where we basically do a buy or sell, if you will, on opportunity for a NFL player. Last week, we had three of them things. Recapping, will Tyler Huntley be a QB1 this week against the Pittsburgh Steelers, or last week, rather? He ain't do that. He was QB26. He did get injured during the game. And we both were right. We didn't predict the injury, but we both did not see him getting that QB1 arena. He was not on his way there before he went down. If, no, he... For what that's yeah. worth. You're right. You're right. I just wanted to make that note, but you are absolutely sure. right. He was not on the way there. Will James Conner finish as an RB1 against the New England Patriots? He did that. Running back six. He almost led me to a win that would have put me in the playoffs, but alas, it did not happen. Shout out to my man, Eugene. And we both were right on that. We both predicted that he would be a RB1. Anything on that one? Man, it's, you know, he's he's getting such a ridiculous work share these, these, these days. You know, old, old Cliff is just going to run James Conner into the ground. <laughs> and with and with um and with the way their season's going, it's looking like for no good reason um either. But so so yeah, that 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 call does not surprise me at at all. And you know, he's gonna be somebody to watch out for during the fantasy playoffs because just with his with his workload, like he's a threat to explode any any given week. Like I don't think anybody's seeing a workload like like his. So, you know, he 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 might be some trouble for for those of you who end up having to to be on the other side of matchups against him. Absolutely agree. Finally, will DJ Moore be a top fifteen wide receiver against those Seahawks? He ain't do that. Wide receiver ninety four didn't see a lot of targets. I believe in that game. I think they were just running and running and running and running. And that was how that went. They ran the ball forty something times. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Daryl said he could do that. I said he ain't going to do that. So full sweep for your boy. Shout outs to me. Yeah, man. Good good work on that. I I need to go travel in time and go see what um, last week me was thinking on that one. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, hey, we got another week here to do better. We'll look at this first one here. Well, Matthew Ryan for the Indianapolis Colts quarterback throw for over 254.5 passing yards against the Vikings. What say you, my brother? The Vikings are terrible against the pass. <laughs> Just terrible. Just last week, we, we already said it earlier, Kirk Cousins lit them up for over 400. I know, yeah, we're talking to, we're talking about Matt Ryan, so you know, the oh man, Matt Ryan, Vikings terrible defense. Matt Ryan, Vikings terrible. You know what? I think uh, I think the old man is gonna have a throwback game. He's gonna get out there, and he's gonna just <laughs> get away. He 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 gonna he's gonna hit the Vikings for like two fifty seven. So, so I'm, I'm going to say, yeah, he can do that. Okay, okay. Uh, yeah, so some actual numbers. Last seven weeks, 
passing yards against the Vikings. Kyler Murray, 326. Dak, 276. Josh Allen and Jared Goff, 330. Mike White, 369. Mac Jones, 382. Taylor Heineke, 149. Uh, so, yeah, everybody throwing for a three-burger against this team recently. I don't see why Matt Ryan can't do it either. I mean, if if Jeff Saturday is a smart man, which maybe he is, I think that he is, you realize that this Vikings defense is food in the passing game, and you attack it there with Michael Pittman, with uh, Paris Campbell, with whatever tight end you want to use, maybe Jelani Woods, maybe Mo Ali Cox, uh, maybe Kyler, Kyler Granison, whoever you want to use. 254.5, he can do that. Let's go. We riding. Let's go. All right. All right. So for our second one, let's see. Will Alvin Kamara be a top five running back this week against the Atlanta Falcons? <sighs> Man, so they played this team, I believe, week one. He didn't really do much of anything. Of course, uh, Jameson James Winston was the quarterback at that time. Um, Alvin Kamara has not been that top five running back that we like and love to see, but he's had some decent performances this year against Atlanta off the bye week rookie quarterback on the other side. I'm going to say he's a top 10, but not top five. He can't do that. Word, respect, respect on that pick. Um, so yeah, with Kamara, you know, um, I believe Mark Ingram is down for the season now. So for whatever bit that he was eating into Kamara's um, workload, I think Kamara, Kamara's workload will bump up some. Atlanta is, you know, pretty foodie as far as uh, as far as being a bad defense goes. I believe the Saints are. S- are technically still in that division hunt. Um, I, I want to say like they're at four wins. Uh, Panthers at five. Bucks at six. I want to say something like that. So um, they still got a little something to play for. If ever there was a time for them to start pushing the Alvin Kamara button, because I just don't think they've been using him enough this year. I don't think they've been designing enough for him. Um, if ever there was a time for, for them to like switch gears and really try to get that man going to the best that they can, I think this would be the game. I'm gonna say that he can do that. Um I'm okay, I'm, okay, I'm, okay. I'm arrive with I'm arriving with, with, with Kamara. Yeah. All right, for sure. I love it, man. Final one. Well, Derrick Henry. Have more fantasy points in PPR leagues this week than Austin Eckler. Their teams are facing each other. What you got? Oh my goodness! See, ah, yeah, you hit it with the PPR. See, so like, yeah, that that kind of changes things. So, see all what right. I did there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's 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 very clever. Yeah, I've always thought you were a clever boy. Um, so, <laughs> hmm. 
Tennessee is a pass funnel, right? Like it, they're a pass funnel, and Eckler doesn't really make his hay on the in PPR formats. Doesn't really make his hay on the ground anyway. He should be in for a decent amount of work just off just off spec. The Chargers have been food against the run, though. I think they've been they a little have. better about that. Yeah. I think they've been a little better about that lately. I think they might be getting Joey Bosa back. Oh man. You know what? I'm just I'm just gonna play it safe. I'm not I'm not betting against Eckler. I I just think with the PPR thing, with the PPR part of this uh proposition, I think that he's got way more outs than Derrick Henry. And so I'm gonna say that Derrick Henry will not have more fantasy points than Austin Eckler. He can't do that. Okay, okay. Even though the Chargers are giving up the second most uh, rushing yards at 1,684 of them things, my man. I said what I said. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I'm going to rock with you. Um, I'm going to say he can't do that. I think it will be interesting as far as the amount of points that each of them score. I think it could be close. But when I look at Tennessee's defense, sure, in in the running game, they aren't giving up a lot of yards. Um, but they are giving up a lot of receptions out of the out of the backfield. And Austin Eckler is the king of that. And I think he's going to be needed in this game for them to get a win. And the Chargers need a win bad. So I'm going to say he can't do that. But respect yeah, man. King Henry. Eckler is the PPR cheat code, man. <laughs> he is, no doubt. No doubt. Well, let's go ahead and do our last thing here. Little DBB, the Brothers Battle. We're going to be looking at the Thursday night game, picking either the spread or the over-under for our pick. We got those San Francisco 49ers traveling to Seattle. San Fran is a favorite by three and a half points. Daryl, what you got? Right. So over under 43 and a half, San Francisco favorite. Oh, yeah. San Francisco favorite by three and a half. Yep. So last week, the Carolina Panthers just came in and bullied and just straight bullied. Seattle in the run game. It they was did. it was it had to be demoralizing for that defense. I have to imagine they they just come out and put out a better effort than that. I'm not sure that that better effort is going to matter though. I think that Christian McCaffrey is about to run wild. I think that the legend of Brock Purdy will will grow even more after this game. Um, only to eventually come down some, some, you know, some sometime down the road in the playoffs when he eventually throws a pick that'll lose the game. Respect to Brock Purdy. <laughs> um, I just, yeah, I I just feel like San Francisco is going to cover this three and a half. Um, I, I I think it'll be close. I, I I think it'll be close. I think Seattle. It'll be one of those things where. Seattle will be, you know, driving the field to try to tie the game up, you know, down seven or something like that. And uh, just, you know, come up just a little short 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Give me San Francisco. I'm going to lay the points. I'm going to lay the points with the 49ers. That's, that is my pick for this Thursday night game. Right on, right on. That that hook, man. That that's what's that's what's killing it for me. But uh, yeah, I mean, I look at this. I look at this Seattle defense, and I remember that Cordero Patterson came in this building, gave him a buck forty. I remember Kyler came in there, gave him a hundred on the ground. Um, I remember Josh Jacobs ran all over them, and then of course the Panthers ran all over them. I can't see any reason why Christian McCaffrey can't do the same. I'm with San Francisco, man, covering the three and a half. Oh, it's a party. It is a party indeed. I am a little bit nervous about Brock Purdy and the quote-unquote 12th man in his first road test. But, um, man, look, you got Brandon Ayuk and Christian McCaffrey and George Kittle, like – Find them dudes and some short stuff and let them make plays, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's that that is it. That is it right there. And I think that, you know, I I love, you know, this uh this renaissance that Gino has had this year and I rock oh, yeah. with him. I, I I rock with him like I wanna I wanna see good things come to that to that man. You know, he's had a bunch of unfair, bunch of unfair stuff happen to him. Um, over the course of his career to this point, and now that he's finally, you know, got the stage to himself, I thought I, I think he's been he's been doing great things. But lately, that pass game, you know, they haven't they haven't been as good lately um, from an efficiency standpoint. And whether it's on Geno's shoulders or not, like there's always some kind of mistake. Like sometimes one or two, even three big mistakes in a game that they make that really ends up um, putting their backs against the wall to where they end up having to um, make a comeback effort. Like, who did they have to come back and win against the other week? Was it the Raiders or the uh, or the Rams? Uh, where, you know, they Gino lost had to that game on. against the Raiders. I think it was the Rams they had to make a comeback against. Yeah, and you know it's yeah i just don't think that you know if they do something if they do something or a couple of some things to hurt themselves i don't think they'll be able to overcome that san francisco d you know they mm-hmm. that defense is just playing lights out football right now man like gino's going to have to be on his a and i'll be honest i hope i'm wrong like i hope like my my heart says bet the Seattle money line, you know, like that's what, that that's what I would <laughs> like to see. I like to Seattle, see Seattle come out and win this game. And Gino, you know, gives a blueprint on how to slice the 49ers up. But given what they've been putting, putting down on tape these last few weeks, there's just always, you know, some little, some little mistake or two or three that ends up uh, kneecapping them. And you're just not going to be able to do that against, uh, against the San Francisco D because, they're going to cause you to do some stuff on your own, much less have you give it away to them. Sure, sure. Well, before we get out of here, um, were there any, since we didn't have the pot earlier this week, are any of these lines you're looking at that intrigue you or interest you at all? Um, yeah, yeah. The Detroit 
Jets game. You know, we we talked about that in the preview part of the pod earlier with the Jets being favored by one. I um I don't see it for 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 the Jets, but maybe maybe I'm wrong on that. I I think that Detroit wins that game outright. Well, I say outright. The spread's only one, so it's not like so. It's, you're you're basically whatever. But yeah, I I that line intrigues me because I I think Detroit should be favored. But you know the Jets are getting some respect out in the streets, and hell, so so is Detroit. So you know, yeah, right. that one that was interesting, and also, um, I think that game has a real good chance to push over that forty four and a half. Um. I, I, I kind of, I kind of like um, sprinkling some lunch money on on that on that bit of things. And you're not gonna lock it though. Pro- well, you know, I look. I haven't sat down and gone through my process. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, yeah, I got. I'm you. not gonna lock it right now. You, you're not gonna bully me. You're not gonna bully me to do something against the team right now. Uh, <laughs> But uh, man, it's been thirty plus years. I gotta try. <laughs> <laughs> but um, on the opposite end of that spectrum, what I'm absolutely not interested in at all is Arizona versus Denver. Uh, Ew, yuck! <laughs> I'm I'm not interested in that game as a record staff, as a label, and as a crew. <laughs> like, I am, no part of me is interested in that game and I wouldn't be mad if they uh if they embargoed that game on red zone this week. <laughs> well said, well said. Um you the got, only you one, got anything that's popping out? Yeah, the only one for me is uh the Giants and Washington. We're at forty and a half. We're at forty oh. and a half. Oh, they're running it back, yeah. <laughs> you know what? I made a point to look at that one. Um to, to look at that game, uh, the the betting lines on that game last night because you know I'm in this I'm in this battle with myself where I'm trying to decide do I start Daniel Jones or Geno Smith this week. So you know I went to consult the over unders and and uh, in Bavada that game was lined at forty again. So like yeah. right on the number <laughs> that they tied at, I was like, oh man, they got this game on some old play it again, Sam. So uh, <laughs> yeah, so yeah, that's but. That is interesting. Yeah, that one at 40 and a half. And then the spread is Washington minus four and a half. And two weeks ago it was Washington minus two and a half. Um, so I'm assuming that's a point bump for probably uh, Washington being at home. And then another point for the Giants looking like complete booty against Philly this past week. Also, the fact that Washington was on a bye. So that probably factored in too. But yeah, I'm I'm interested in that game from a betting perspective. As of right now, I have no idea wh- where I want to go. But yeah, other than that, just another week of football. Looks like first full slate since Thanksgiving. And then before that, since like week five, probably. So yeah, 16 game football. And we're and we got three games on Saturday. So let's go. Yeah, man. Football all week. <laughs> Give it to me. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, hey, good luck to everybody. First week of the playoffs. For those of you on by, sit back, relax, kick your feet up, but enjoy some football and some matchups. 
reach out to us on the Twitter sphere. We are at the brothers FF. That's D A brothers FF. And that same name, the brothers FF at gmail.com. If you want to drop us a line there, I'm Derek, my brother, Daryl. We are out of here. Take it easy. Peace.